smartcast you are listening to a mint production brought to you by hd smartcast hi i'm satya sundanam from mint's personal finance team before the union budget that the government presents every year a commoner comes with a list of expectations in terms of taxation which might help them to reduce their tax liability a few will be taken into account by the government and a few will remain unheard In this episode of Why Not Mint Money, let's understand a few of the expectations of a commoner from the upcoming budget of 2023. We have with us Sapati Ghosh, partner at Deloitte, specializing in personal tax. Let's invite her. Hi, welcome to Why Not Mint Money, a personal finance podcast where we help you understand basic money concepts and share strategies for you to build your wealth. So let's get started on your money journey. Hi Tapti how are you I'm good uh, Satya thank you hope yeah, things are good with you yeah. looking forward to the budget day and uh, what the finance minister nirmala sitaraman is going to say uh most certainly a uh, lot of expectations as always uh, more so now yeah. after covid yeah. and then we've also heard uh, a lot of murmurs and comments from her to say that you know I'm also in the middle class so and I know the kind of stress <laughs> that uh, uh, we've all gone through so yeah. hoping for uh, a, a good budget uh, Satya sure sure I must say I'm also looking forward to see the sari she picks for the budget she comes with nice bright color sarees doesn't she Tapti you're always very well commented on yeah uh, right she's a good collection you're right 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 Tapti, uh, before talking about the expectations from Budget 2023, uh, let's uh, spend some time on the tax regime we have currently. Uh, we have an old tax regime in which income is taxed at specified slab rates, mm-hmm. and this system allows taxpayers to deduct certain expenses and investments like, you know, insurance premiums, house rent, house rent allowances, etc. We also have a new tax regime introduced in Budget 2020. uh where you will be taxed at much lower rates compared to old tax regime but without any deductions and exemptions uh though the tax rates are very attractive in this new regime uh it hasn't become much successful why do you think so uh, okay so, so just to step back a little satya see one of the challenges of the government uh was facing was uh, increasing the tax base ensuring more compliance and towards this the government had introduced a simplified tax regime to enable a simple tax filing with lower rates compared to the regular tax regime you are absolutely right however it's not seen much uh, success as envisaged and uh, you know talking to many companies uh, especially the payroll teams we understand that in most cases barely about 5 to 10% of the employees have opted in for the simplified tax regime there could be several reasons for this uh, you know there are about 70 exemptions and deductions that are not available un- under no, the simplified tax regime and one or more of them is likely to um, be of benefit uh, to um, uh, most individuals so giving up is going to be a challenge uh, this uh, uh, option is not available if one is uh, filing a belated return again if one is a prof- has professional or business income then um, they would not want to be bound by considering the simplified tax regime year on year so there are some restrictions that could uh, you know uh, be a spoiler 
uh, in a way uh, to um, opting in for uh, the the regime so the question that most individuals have is whether the benefits of the simpler tax regime with lower rates are sufficient to compensate for the loss on account of the tax reliefs that are foregone uh, because especially at the low income groups the differential could could still you know matter even at the uh, higher income group levels the rates the surcharges remain exactly the same so what is really the incentive of opting in for the simplified tax regime if you compare it with the corporate tax regime you know when corporate tax was simplified and the uh, scheme was announced for them the tax uh, rates went down uh, to 25% so there was an incentive to move however for uh, you know um, uh, higher income groups uh, it's uh, the rates are uh, absolutely the same and with surcharge and education says it could be really really high so really there isn't too much of an incentive so several reasons why uh, it hasn't taken off uh, satya understand now uh, are there any expectations in tweaking this new tax regime after all the government wants uh, everyone to opt this uh, system as the tax compliance is lower in this right yeah so uh, absolutely and uh, uh, i guess the objective is to see how uh, you know the regular can be fo- phased out and the simplified tax regime uh, is then here to stay for the long run so there are uh, of course uh, several asks to make this more attractive can the rates be reduced can the slabs be widened uh, to um, make it more uh, attractive keep it simple maybe a 5 10 15 20 max 25 at the highest rate uh, and then even at the highest rate the slab should be starting at a much higher threshold uh, and then even if it, as it stands today individuals will not be motivated enough to invest to buy property pay for insurance invest in retirement funds all of this is critical for individuals and for the economy as well so there could be a negative consequences uh, on the economy if one if the entire population as such goes towards a simplified tax regime so sure. there needs to be some changes and some kind of a optimum mix wherein the simplified tax re- uh, regime can be opted uh, for but would also allow some release for some specific invest investments such as ppf pf medical uh, expenses life insurance and so on yeah very well put because a lot of investments actually happen in the fag end of the year because of the tax exemptions right mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that's right understand understand now uh, let's start with the income tax slabs uh, slab rates uh, both in the old tax regime and new tax regime tapti those having income more than 10 lakhs are taxed at you know highest marginal tax rate of 30% so is there any expectation of reducing this tax rate or increasing the threshold of 10 lakh rupees because now with the rise in income levels of a lot of people uh, this could be a point of uh, a little concern for most people because they are coming under the you know highest 30% tax uh, slab rate so uh, are right. there expectations on this front yeah you uh, you uh, in a way hit the nail on the head uh, a 10 lakh threshold could have been considered to be high income group uh, many many years back uh, this definitely falls into the middle income group today and uh, for them uh, to uh, be um, Uh, at the 30% the highest uh, tax uh, bracket uh, uh, does not 
may not be uh, the right way uh, 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 as such. So uh, increasing that uh, threshold from 10 lakhs to 20 lakhs or maybe even 25 lakhs, such as the highest tax rate applies at a much higher level, would uh, is something that is expected. And we are, we are hearing a lot of murmurs around that. Apart from that, uh, you talked about the rates as well. Um, if I look at the uh, high income group of, say, uh, those earning more than five crores, uh, the tax rate is can go as high as 42.74% that's uh, with surcharge. Yeah, yeah, that's seriously crazy uh, with surcharge and education says. Now, if you compare that to some of our neighboring countries like uh, Hong Kong, Singapore, Malaysia, they are at a, a maximum rate of about 17%, 22%, and 30% respectively. So, um, and you know, uh, we need to stop the outflow of uh, uh, investments from India for these high net worth individuals. So, uh, there is a case for uh, rationalizing the tax rates even at the higher level. While, of course, uh, you know, protecting uh, the interests uh, of the uh, lower income group as well by reducing the tax rates, increasing the, uh, or widening the tax slabs and so on and so forth. I understand. And any expectations uh, from the lower tax bracket individuals? Now, we talked about the highest uh, paying tax payers. Uh, anything from the lower uh, bottom of the pyramid uh, tax payers? Right. So there is uh, 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 there is an expectation uh, that uh, you know the 2.5 to 5 lakh um, uh, band uh, would also be uh, at a zero percent rate. My my sense would be that uh, given uh, the objective of the government to keep the uh, tax base uh, uh, wide, uh, that may not come in uh, come into play. However, you know tax rates as such could still be reduced. Uh, over and above that, you know, when I go from 5 to 10, uh, the tax rates shoot up from 5 to 20 percent. So, rationalize, uh, uh, ra rationalizing of that rate is also expected, maybe to a f uh, 10 percent or a 15 percent. So, uh, to, to protect, again, the interest of the low income group. So, 5, 10, uh, 15 and 25 with a maximum rate of uh, 25 is something that could be seen both for um, uh, you know the uh, simplified tax regime as well as the regular tax regime. Now uh, let's now focus on deductions part of the you know deductions reduce the taxable income and everybody wishes that deduction limits rise in every budget, um, especially ATC right. Uh, this is a very popular uh, section. There are so many included in this like life insurance premium, ELSS investments, contributions to provident fund, and many more. Uh, but the limit allowed is only 1.5 lakh rupees here uh, and there has been no change in this limit for many years. Tapti, tell us what's the expectation here? Yeah, so this rate definitely has to change. See, the overall objective um, after COVID uh, that the government should be looking at is to put more disposable income in the hands of the individuals. And this is, you know, uh, increasing the thresholds for the deductions. And uh, we, have, of course, talked about uh, reducing of tax rates. Both of these will help put more disposable income in the hands of the employees or in the hands of the individual. As far as ATC is concerned, 
Uh, you're right. There are a lot of contributions. There are a lot of expenses that are included within uh, Section 80C. 1.5 lakhs is just not sufficient. That should at least be increased from 1.5 to uh, 2.5 lakhs. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, they, uh, it could be channelized right as well because we want to increase uh, retirement benefits. We want to increase more investments. It could be focused more towards uh, the specific areas that the government is wanting to focus on uh, you know, for uh, giving a boost to the economy. Yeah, yeah, understood, certainly. And, um, you know, what about the 80D section, uh, you know, where the, um, the premium that you pay for the health insurance is actually uh, allowed as a deduction? But with the increase in the cost of uh, medical care and the insurance premium, I think this definitely has to be looked into, right, Sabati? Yes, absolutely. And again, uh, our uh, the uh, average age limit is also going up, and hence, uh, you know, protection for the uh, senior citizens uh, um, is also, you know, the uh, the bans uh, could be increased, uh, the levels could be increased, uh, the twenty five thousand, the fifty thousand could be increased for uh, both these categories. Could you elaborate um, that that provision, that section section eighty D provision? Currently, uh, how is it? Uh, yeah, so there are uh, different bans. Uh, there is a specific uh, provision for senior citizens, uh, which is at 50,000. And uh, for um, uh, those uh, for, for uh, those uh, that are not senior citizens, there's a limit of 25,000, which includes uh, self and family as well. Um, there the uh, band is 25,000. Now, uh, these are definitely not uh, uh, sufficient uh, to meet the premium needs uh, for, uh, say, a family of four and would need to be uh, suitably increased. Over and above that, medical expenses as well has increased uh, substantially and there should be a provision and uh, uh, there should be a deduction that is allowed towards uh, regular medical expenses as well. Yeah, I certainly agree with that. Yeah. Now, there's another deduction that's gaining traction, which is Section 80 EEB uh, that allows deduction in respect of purchase of electric vehicle. You know, it allows 1.5 lakh is deduction on interest paid on loan taken. So, um, since it's gaining traction now, everybody, you know, at least whoever is looking at environmental friendly options, uh, looking for EV vehicles, are there any expectations from them on this front? Yeah, so, um, uh, you know, uh, it, uh, the deduction that is available is uh, only if uh, the loan's been sanctioned by uh, the bank or any financial institution as such uh, between April 19 to uh, March 23. Uh, so the condition for availing the loan for a purchase of that electric vehicle should be extended by at least another two years. Uh, and, and that uh, in a way, uh, one of the key objectives of the government as well, uh, uh, making, you know, ESG is something that uh, all of us uh, talk about. The government also is uh, 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 is is focused on um, uh, sustainability and uh, um, uh, the environment as such. So uh, this is definitely something that is expected, an extension of ADEB. Maybe one more thing that maybe two more yeah. things that I I could add uh, in terms of Chapter Six A uh, sure. is ATTA. Uh, today uh, I'm allowed a, a deduction of ten thousand um, for interest that I earn on savings account. 
Uh, there are many that also invest in uh, fixed deposits uh, because they would want to be, uh, you know, have uh, be more, a little more conservative, especially those uh, who are senior citizens and, uh, uh, you know, fixed deposits would be uh, more conservative and safe for them. There again, um, I mean, for senior citizens, you already have a higher threshold of 50,000 that includes uh, savings and fixed deposits. But for the um, uh, you know, non-senior citizens as well, it would be good uh, to um, extend ATTTA uh, to um, fixed deposits as well uh, and increase the band from 10,000 to 50,000. Uh, the other thing that I would also want to possibly uh, talk about is uh, APG, uh, where um, we should encourage more contributions whether to trusts, whether um, uh, uh, directly to a certain institutions that are for a social cause. Um, we need to um, uh, uh, see whether all of us can play a part, uh, especially the senior, uh, the high-income group uh, level, if they can pl uh, play a part in uh, social causes like medical education and so on. Uh, and hence that ATG um, uh, benefits could also be um, uh, taken care of and increased. Be, uh, be made uh, even more simplified so that uh, many more can contribute towards the social cause. Understand, understand. Kapsi, you know, every year we come up with these expectations from the budget. So, you know, in your experience, uh, you've been in this industry for a long time. You know, what are, I mean, uh, how do investors or, you know, individuals feel after the budget most of the time? Do they feel happy that, uh, you know, whatever their expectations have been met or is it that, you know, usually they are sad that nothing has happened in the budget? Uh, yeah, and I guess one of the reasons why a lot of expectations are out there uh, is uh, that uh, maybe some of them are taken care of. At least some of them are taken care of. Uh, which ultimately would uh, lead to some uh, additional uh, in, um, disposable income in the hands of the individual. Sure, sure, sure. And talking about this um, rationalization of the taxes, uh, there's also one expectations I've been hearing that there will be some tweaks to the capital gains tax treatment. Uh, so currently, uh, you know, the period of holding for you know different assets uh, to qualify for the long-term capital gains. Uh, you know, which comes at a lower tax rate than short-term capital gains is different for different assets. Uh, for suppose, for equity, it is just one year. Uh, for, uh, you know, gold and immovable property, uh, it is three years and two years respectively. So, do you think there will be some rationalization in this aspect to, uh, you know, bring the period of holding to a uniform level for all the assets? Uh, there, that. This is definitely expected uh, and we've heard uh, uh, officials in the government also talking about uh, why and how uh, capital gains uh, taxation uh, would need to be rationalized. You're absolutely right. The current capital gain taxation regime is extremely uh, complex and brings in a lot of uncertainty. Um, there are multiple tax rates. There are varying, uh, varying uh, rules uh, to determine the period of holding to classify an asset into long-term or short-term. It's not an easy task for taxpayers. Then the tax rates uh, are also different based on the period of holding, the nature of asset, the residential status of an individual. In certain cases, grandfathering clauses apply and in certain cases, indexation benefits are uh, applicable. All of these need to be made simple. 
there should be lesser categories there should be lesser differentiation differentiation based on the nature of asset indexation possibly should be for all categories uh, where they are held for more than a year uh, so it definitely makes uh, a lot of sense and you're right you know whether uh, 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 the the treatment of listed uh, equity shares are is different from um listed debentures for instance there is a, a different treatment for immovable property unlisted shares debt oriented shares uh, and others like zero coupon bonds and so on uh, the period of holding uh, uh, could be 12 months tw- uh, 24 months 36 months uh, to determine long term short term uh, across these different uh, asset categories um uh, in certain cases uh, uh, securities transaction taxes uh, to be paid and they are paid and then uh, there could be a, a different kind of a rate so you if you look at the income tax return form and the number of pages that are there for capital gains itself uh, it's very complicated to fill it in and uh, uh, for a layman who's not a tax professional it's very easy to make an error and then uh, you could land up in uh, a different sort sort of a challenge altogether so uh, it, it definitely uh, makes sense to make it uh, more simplified um, a case can be built up uh, simply by looking at some of the uh, neighboring countries uh, uh, the way uh, capital gains is uh, taxed there or some of the larger developed countries where uh, you know they have a, a far more simplified uh, uh, capital gains tax regime understand understand no doubt about it because you know once there is a capital gains taxation immediately the number of pages that you have to fill in the income tax return jacks up uh, to a large extent right yeah sure sure no, do you think there are other anything else uh, you know how can government make it uh, simpler for individuals to file their tax returns or from the compliance perspective uh, you know a- any thoughts on that from a procedure perspective uh, that uh, that may not find uh, um, maybe a mention in the budget or uh, not necessarily an amendment or clarification that comes out in the finance act as such uh, and there is uh, talk about uh, how the government can um, you know consolidate uh, itr uh, i think it's 1 to 5 into one single tax return form now how that's going to be implemented and whether it's going to really become simpler for an individual to fill in um uh, uh and the options that uh, uh, you know the uh, the individual will need to look at and see what's applicable to himself is is uh, again another story and the other uh, part of it uh, that uh, you know we've been talking about for quite a while but we haven't seen any amendment in uh, the provisions is w- with respect to individuals who are um uh, traveling overseas uh, on projects on assignments uh, and hence would need to avail benefit of double taxation avoidance uh, agreements uh, to ensure that they are not doubly taxed there uh, uh, it becomes complicated because uh, those provisions are not very clearly uh, uh, called out in uh, say uh, the tds provisions uh where uh, an employer can apply treaty benefits at the time of withholding so if that clarity is available it will reduce uh, the need to claim a refund in the tax returns uh, by individuals who have to claim treaty benefits 
uh, and and that would really be uh, welcome if we see that change uh, in this uh, budget. Yeah, sure, absolutely. And uh, just last one thing, uh, Tapati, you know, in your uh, pre-budget expectations document, I also see this. Uh, you know that there is a mention of the moonlighting and uh, you know with some of the companies like uh, swiggy allowing moonlighting you're saying that there could be some clarity from the government on uh, the tap tax implications uh, in this aspect could you elaborate on that uh moonlighting has a uh, different uh, uh, challenges as such but if we look at uh, you know the expectations of uh, the younger generation the millennials uh, the uh, gen z they would really want to uh, have a more um, expanded kind of a profile work with work on projects that they would want to it could be for multiple employers that should be enabled uh, uh, so and of course there would be a uh, separate uh, uh, control mechanisms that each of the employ you know the employers will have to put in place uh, you know for confidentiality conflict of interest and so on uh, but um if if i have multiple employers uh, there will be um, uh, it, it should again be simple for the individual to uh, be uh, able to file their tax return ensure that there is uh, no um, uh, you know the uh, he does not have to pay self assessment tax and uh, uh, additional interest while he's filing filing the returns because each employer will uh, consider standard deduction and all the slabs uh, on all of that together Makes so sense. uh Makes sense. no and it they may need to have that more simplified uh, for them very valid point yeah yeah Mm, uh, uh, another thing, as far as employees are concerned, uh, and uh, we we spoke about it uh, last year as well. Sure. Is uh, you know there is uh, the change in the uh, you know how we define a workplace, and many of us are working from home uh, at least part of the time, uh, and uh, so uh, the employer needs to ensure that the employee is uh, able to work efficiently and uh, effectively. uh they are uh, uh provided uh say uh, proper infrastructure in the form of furniture in the form of uh, uh say power backups operational uh, kind of uh, expenses like uh, internet um, and uh, additional utility expenses and so on mm-hmm. now all of this is really not a benefit to the individual and should not be looked at uh, looked at uh, as uh, a requisite and yeah. taxed uh, for that uh if there is no clarification in uh, the, uh the tax laws uh there could be litigation uh and uh, for uh, obvious reasons uh, you know these should not should be clearly called out as uh, uh exempt uh possibly for um uh, to ensure that it does not put too much of an on- onerous task on the employer it should um, uh, not be in the form of uh, exempt uh, through reimbursements but possibly an additional allowance or a standard deduction increase to take care of these kind of expenses to give that relief to uh, employees that would also need to work from home brilliantly put yeah yeah thanks for telling us uh, about all the budget expectations tapti and uh, let's see how many of them will be fulfilled in budget 2023 by the finance minister thank you so much for joining us today thank you so much satya Thank you.
That's all for now in this episode, listeners. If you have any queries or suggestions, you can reach out to me on Twitter. My handle is at Satya Sontanam. S A T Y A S O N T A N A M. Or you can also write to us at mintmoney at livemint.com. Bye bye. This was a mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.